Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirda with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Nadim Ilbawi, Physician Director of Innovation and Care Models at North Shore Edward Elmer's Hospital. Nadim, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for having me. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare right now, and especially it's such a fascinating time with how technology is really uh, driving forward some really big trends and exciting things in the healthcare space. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely. I have, I think, both a traditional and somewhat non-traditional entry into, into medicine. I went through through med school residency without taking any time off, and then prior to um, starting my work here 12 years ago, I, I, I knew that I'd want to start with my, pa- uh, my patient panel and, and stay with them for the entirety of my career. So I decided to do a year of travel, kind of took a, took a break between residency and starting this job, uh, and volunteered and traveled around the world, uh, 19 different countries. I went with my wife and actually had my first job as a physician in New Zealand as a locums doctor for, for three months on the South Island of New Zealand, which was really a, a transformational experience for me. Um, in addition to, to some work I did in other countries as well. So re- really um, neat opportunity and, and gave me some perspective going into my career um, and, and really have been grateful and thankful to be with the, the same patients uh, since I started here at North Shore Edward Elmer Hotel uh, 12 years ago. Um, and since that time, I've had really, again, grateful to have lots of different roles. Um, I've been a physician advisor um, working on complexity capture, HCCs um, in the primary care space. Uh, also as, have helped stand up our personalized medicine um, program, which is, is really something we're very proud of, uh, in, in, you know, incorporating genetics and genomics into, into primary care. Um, and, and also had uh, opportunities to work uh, with our University of Chicago uh, medical students and uh, the medical student rotation here for family medicine. So um, that's all to say, yeah, I'm a family doctor, and that's, that's something I'm very passionate about and have maintained that practice. Um, my current roles, you mentioned the innovation and care model redesign. I also chair our medical group's physician engagement and well-being committee, uh, which has been really an honor for me as well for the last uh, four years. That's amazing to hear. What great experiences and background you have both in practicing medicine as well as connecting with patients and then now working with um, up and coming physicians and clinicians and care teams as well. That's amazing to hear. And I was particularly interested when you were talking about standing up the personalized medicine program and incorporating that into primary care. Um, could you touch a little bit more on that in you know how you built the program, what you were able to do um, at, with the technology at the time and how it's progressed since then? Yeah, no, great question, and honestly, a lot, lot of credit to the to the, the geneticists and, and and many members of our administrative and operational team. They they brought me on after they had really stood up the concept of personalized medicine uh, and something this organization has been really uh, keen on for for many years. And and really, what's different and unique about it is that it's incorporated or questions that are along the lines of family history questionnaires are administered to our patients ahead of time of their physical. And we've um, got an incredible team that's put together workflows and the technology within our EMR to allow the physicians at the point of care to not only have information available for them for counseling, because every physician has a different level of understanding and um, comfort with genomics, 
uh, especially in the primary care space. And so this really was a way for us to be able to give our physicians the opportunity to uh, guide their patients on evidence-based uh, genetic testing and provide that um, uh, really at a, at a pretty low cost and then have the uh, back-end work and workflows to, to result those um, and that information to our patients and get them to the right care team members for further care. So, you know, we have had um, really a, a ton uh, of um, our numbers have been very, very high in terms of the number of patients that have completed the testing. I think over 31,000 have done the testing. Um, these questionnaires, I think around 250,000 uh, and over 3,000 patients. This is the most relevant, of course, because it's clinically relevant, which is that over 3,000 patients have been found to have uh, a variant, uh, a, a genetic variant, and that does not include pharmacogenomics, which is uh, some of the testing we were doing as well. Got it. That's fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about the program with us. Now, I'm wondering from your vantage point, especially looking at the innovation in, in care models, where are some of the big opportunities that you are seeing ahead of, as well as the headwinds that you've got your eye on? Yeah, I, listen, I think the headwinds uh, are, are, the, are similar to what all, every um, healthcare organization is experiencing in terms of, of cost and decreased reimbursement and, and staffing. Um, I'm particularly focused on joy in practice and top of license work. You know, obviously pre-pandemic burnout rates for physicians and clinicians in general was, was already pretty high uh, relative to other professions. Uh, and, and part of that was the moral injury of feeling like there was so much you wanted to do for your patient um, but having so many of the clerical and administrative tasks that were really preventing you from doing that the way you wanted to and maintaining a good work-life balance. And so that, that is the one I'm focused on the most and have been really focused on the most too. Uh, and, and really the well-being of our team members, I think, is paramount to um, translating to a good uh, patient experience as well and good clinical care. So, so with the headwinds uh, that have accelerated over the, the last three years and with the pandemic, I would say there's obviously um, a lot of opportunity that has come around with that. Uh, and part of that is leveraging technology to really offload some of that clerical work that we were talking about, some of the things that don't really bring um, joy or purpose to our every day. So, you know, I, I think trying to find those points uh, it, it, for all of our team members is really going to translate into just better well-being and, and, and joy in work. We spend tons of our life in work. Lots, a huge percent of our, our life is in our jobs. And so you want everyone you're working with to enjoy it and feel like there's purpose in that work. Um, our, our Edward, I'm sorry, Elmhurst Hospital, for example, um, brought in a robot called Moxie. Um, this is an example of, you know, uh, a robot that's able to take uh, medications and, and, and other uh, instruments uh, across the hospital and, and a very simple and straightforward example of how, um, you know, we can leverage technology to take work off the plates of our, of our team members that isn't really purposeful or meaningful. Um, and another part of the opportunity I see here is obviously we've been able to engage our patients in different ways and at times and places that is more convenient to them. So there's huge opportunity there because traditionally, I think medicine within the four walls of our healthcare system, you know, felt more transactional and we're really have an opportunity here to, to impact health and health is so much more than just when the patient is in, whether it's for prevention for a sick visit, you know, health is, is really what we do in the community, what we do when we're not seeing the patient. Uh, and, and recently we had a, a really nice partnership uh, and opportunity to develop uh, cardiac rehab. It's the first in-home virtual cardiac um, recovery program with a company called Motive. 
Um, and it's really an example of, uh, I think, uh, innovative and um, opportunistic, meaning the opportunity based on the virtual care offerings that we have to, to help patients in a place that's convenient for them uh, and, and really very holistic as well. I love that. I, I think there's just so much there in terms of um, troubleshooting some of the big challenges and leveraging technology in order to fill some of the gaps that you know we're seeing in healthcare, whether it's the staffing shortages and, and the challenges on that front, or really being able to optimize the outcomes um, in care delivery in the best way possible. And so I really appreciate um, everything that you're talking about here. And I, I know too, um, in terms of connecting with patients and engaging them in different ways, it seems like there's certainly a push in healthcare right now um, to, to really focus on the patient and their family and the expectations of the care experience and um, you know having them become more part of their care journey as well. How do you see that playing out and really, you know, what from your perspective is essential for hospitals and health systems to be thinking about you know, when they, they have an eye on that patient experience and, and that journey and engagement within their own care? Yeah, I, I love that question because I, I think some may see it as um, potentially threatening, right? When you think about consumerization of, of medicine and the patient experience, um, that, that's, a, that's a big deal because, you know, what we're ultimately trying to do is provide the best health to our patients, but sometimes they perceive that in different ways, right? Or how they want to get their health care, um, when and what health means to them. So, so I actually really like th this concept because, and I actually think this is going to be one of the keys to success, is that we really start to, to hone in on patients um, with that very personalized touch in mind. And so, so for me, that means both precision medicine in regards to genomics, uh, polygenic risk scores, things like that, uh, but also very personalized so that, you know, familiar touch points with the healthcare system that does not feel transactional at all. And that's exactly where I think team-based care comes into play here is that if we have a group of individuals that are really the, the, the same people that, that are hearing or the patient is hearing from in the health system, or that at most points in the patient's interaction with the healthcare system, they feel like they're known to the system, that I think has tremendous implications and potential for better health because you know, we, we know that we can give our patient guidance and, and, and recommendations in the office, but how hard is it to really implement those changes in one's behavior or health once they leave the office? Uh, and I think this is a chance for us to really ask patients how we can do that best for them. Uh, and it's a win-win for everybody. That's amazing to hear and definitely such a helpful perspective. Now, from your vantage point, how do you think about growth and adding value to the health system overall? What does that look like for you and the teams that you work with? Yeah, I think, it, you know, it goes back a little bit, and I want to be too repetitive or about this, but I, I think um, for me, you can look at value. If you look at it as, you know, quality over cost, there, there are definitely efficiencies that can be gained by the team-based care model. Um, so, so I think, again, everyone working at the top of their license and doing it in a collaborative way and doing it in a way uh, that's reproducible so that way the patient has the same experience every time, regardless of who the patient is, uh, it, it is really something that I think team-based care can, can work towards. Um, and along that same vein, if you look at, um, again, value considering quality uh, and cost, you know, the team-based approach reduces, uh, reduces burnout, it reduces turnover, um, it really does improve the patient experience. And I think by providing that value, um, we, will, we will have growth. 
Fantastic. I, I, I really think that that value equation is a great way to look at it and making sure that you have your eye on the prize and focus on the right things. And, you know, too, when um, we're, we're talking about healthcare today, there's a lot of anxiety around some of the financial challenges. The, you know, mm-hmm. economic situation is tough for many organizations across the country and, and resources are slim. So, where do you see as being important areas to continue to invest, um, even if budgets are a little bit tighter than they have been in the past? I think it's going to be in those those tools that help us automate and do the redundant work um, it, the, the same and with technology every time. Because we, you know, this is an example of where technology can supplement but not replace the people, and so when our organization is able to focus on the patient right in front of the clinician or in front of the medical assistant um, or in front of anybody for that matter, I, I think that's, that's exactly what we need to put our bets on. And so any technology that allows for that to happen, um, I think is worth looking into and investing. And, and so for example, ambient listening, that, that might be, you know, a good, um, I wouldn't say necessarily risk, but that could be a very good investment when you think about what it does um, for both the, the clinician and the patient and, and the value of the care that they are provided. Um, that, I think, will pay dividends uh, over time for sure and is a worthwhile investment. Um, you know, in terms of risk, I, I'm probably, <laughs> I'm obviously not the first person that's on your podcast, I'm sure, to talk about AI, but I really do think this is an area where when we know how fast this has accelerated over the last year or two, um, you know, faster than I think most of us did anticipate, we should start thinking about how the next few years, we can just almost consider it a, a given that it is going to be a part, maybe at first, uh, of how we do some of the other clerical work, but then ultimately get helps us, uh, our patients get to the right point of care at the right time, uh, and really, again, supplements the work that we're doing. So it's, it's, a, it's a risk uh, for many reasons, but I think it's a risk definitely worth investing in. Absolutely. And I, I think too, looking at AI, there's a lot of different opportunities with the technology, but certainly um, being able to use it to your advantage and not um, get to a point where it, it's not beneficial for healthcare, I think is important, exactly. as you mentioned. Um, well, before we wrap up our conversation, I just wanted to ask, where do you see some of the best opportunities for growth and development for you, as well as the teams that you work with? Um, so, you, you know, we're, we're now a nine, uh, an eight uh, or nine hospital uh, system, right? Nine because we have a, a mental health uh, inpatient uh, hospital. Um, and, and we're still focused and we'll continue to focus on being community connected. And I really feel, going back to what I was mentioning earlier about uh, transactional care versus, you know, continuous care, our, our mission is, is to help everyone in their communities be their best. And that means we have to be involved in our communities in as many ways as possible. And by investing in our communities, which we've been doing, um, I really think that gives us opportunities for growth. And so that means um, that the people that work with and for us are coming from the communities we serve, um, making sure that we are investing in the things that matter to the communities and really finding ways, and this is where we should and can be creative, uh, about um, the care that patients receive being much more about prevention uh, and, 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 and helping them be as healthy as they can be uh, so, so that they live really their best lives. I love it. Nadim, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun conversation, and I'm excited to see you in person at our event this October, um, the Health IT 
digital health and revenue cycle event. It's going to be such a fun um, space to be in. And a lot of these themes I know we're talking about very closely with that mix of clinical and technology in where really healthcare is headed. So I'm looking forward to that very much. Me too, Laura. Thank you. I really appreciate that.